Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. It's called You Ask For It. We're going to bring our panel up here. And show you more. Because we don't have the Jeopardy song, song going on today. This is our, our last time this morning. We are going to be speaking about sharing your faith. Um, we've had a great series through these questions where, where you guys have asked your questions. We pop your questions up there and we answer them. Um, so this morning, we're talking about sharing your faith. And I'm just going gonna, gonna to bring a couple of scripture verses here that I want to share so that, that you have these two uh, to be the overarching theme for what the answers that you're going to hear to the questions that you asked. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This, this verse is saying, so focused on Christ, you got to be prepared. That the, that the answers to, to all these questions is a focus on Christ and being prepared for, for, the, for, for the questions that come, that you can respond to them. First Peter 2.9 says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is you. So when it comes to the, the opportunities to share your faith, know that it's not just left to the, the pastoral staff that get paid to, to share their faith, that, that, that we get the opportunity to share, but that sharing comes from a place of authority. You get to share from a place of relationship and influence, and, and, and you will have opportunities that, that, that pastors will never have, that you will have more intimate opportunities to share your faith and, and allow God to use you to transform others that, that aren't necessarily for... Let me get you to the pastor. He can talk, he can talk you through it. So, so as, we walk through, as we walk through these questions, I want, under, I want you to understand the responsibility that you have. And that responsibility is the opportunities that you guys have. Um, if, if you look back in your life, I'm going to assume, and I hope that you can remember the people that shared their faith with you to see your life transformed. You want to be one of these people, okay? So keep these verses in mind as we go through the questions. I'm going to introduce our, our team up here this morning. First, we have... Our next steps pastor, Jason Laporte. Next, we have our executive pastor's husband, Derek Smith, who is also our creative pastor. Priority of title. Next, we have our associate pastor's wife, Amy Toole, who is dressed totally appropriately. And me. So, let's get to the questions. All right, so our first question was this. What is a good elevator speech? Now, when this question came through, I actually had to ask, what is an elevator speech? What, somebody care to share what an elevator speech is? Yeah, so an elevator speech is that 20 or 30 second uh, moment that you have to share your faith with somebody. Um, you know, a lot of times when people come up to you and ask you and say, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. That's that elevator speech. You don't have days and, and hours to go on and drab on about who you are or where you came from. Sometimes you only have 30, 20 or 30 seconds. So that's the, basically, it's pretty simple. It's who you are, where you've been, and where Jesus has brought you to now. So, and as long as you've got that prepared, that is an awesome first step to being able to share your faith. So let's see what kind of preparation we have here. Jason, 
Elevator speech. Go. Okay. All right. So before Christ, I was just filled with anger, frustration, loneliness, uh, really just led by the love of money and just stuff. Um, and then, and then, and really my relationships, my marriage, my family, they all suffered for it. And, uh, then one day my sign guy over here, he invited me to church. Um, and, and a short time while after that, I, uh, I found God and, and my life was transformed forever. So now I'm led by God's love, his mercy, his grace. And, uh, and I have hope for the future and, and I'm excited for what that means for my family and myself. So. That is a brilliant elevator speech. Did you wing? Did you just wing that? No, no. I was prepared. He was prepared. <laughs> so, so, so preparation. We'll go back to that, that verse. You need to be prepared. That uh, that that if you have not thought about this, if you have not processed this through, and and, and maybe even actually written it down, so that so that you know what it is, uh, when the opportunity comes up, you're probably not going to share it. If you're not prepared, you're not going to share it. And and you might be one of those people. that's like, well, the Holy Spirit's going to give me the words. The Holy Spirit's telling you to be prepared so that when the time comes, he will give you, he will give you the, the focus to be able to do it. But you've you got to be prepared. If, you're, if, you're not, if you have not spent any time of preparation in that, that story, that testimony, um, odds are it's not going to come out of your mouth at the right time. Our next question is this. How do I share my faith with people of other religions without devaluing theirs? Yeah, I think a strong point of being able to share your faith with, with other people of, of varying religions is just to be respectful, to be kind, and to be gentle. No one wants to walk into an argument. No one wants to walk into an ambush where they feel like you're just attacking them and, and throwing what you believe at them uh, or hurling it at them in most situations. So just know that if you're, if you're having a conversation with someone and you care about them as a person, care about them in the conversation. You know, Connect with them on a relational aspect, not just about how my God is better than your God. That you're not going to get anywhere. Um, so yeah, as long as you're gentle and you're respectful about their beliefs and yours, uh, I think it'll go a long way to being able to share your faith with them. So have you guys uh, shared your faith with like people that come door to door, people that are like uh, aggressively evangelizing their religion? Yeah, and I think that's actually a great opportunity to talk about your faith because they're in front of you. You didn't have to go find them. That's the great thing. And that's actually also a fun part because when they come in, one of the first things I love to do is compliment, especially we get a lot of uh, the, the Mormons, Mormons come to our door. Yeah. We don't get so many Jehovah's Witnesses in our house, but we get a lot of Mormons. And something great I can do is I can truly appreciate how strongly they believe in what they believe that they're coming to my door to witness to me. And I tell them that. Like, that is, that is strong. I wish I sometimes were as good at this as you are. And that's a great, uh, great step to being able to have that, a, a deeper conversation with them. And um, I know there was a, a great story about Sarah Reed who goes here, who a, or a uh, Mormon came to her door, and she said, I would love to talk to you more about that. Would you be willing to come to my church, and then I'll come to your church? And they did. They showed up a couple weeks here. Actually, two weeks in a row they came here and weeks, checked yeah. out Simple Church, and she went to their church and... They got to be friends and learn a lot about each other. It's, it's a phenomenal thing just doing life and telling your story and just connecting with someone without hurling Jesus at their face. Yeah. I think what we, what we need to remember is that, that they are people too. So we're, we are called to love everyone, called to love people. And one of the best ways that you can show love to one another is just, just by listening and, and listening and connecting. So I want to encourage you. I, I enjoy interacting with the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons that come to my door. Um, it is good opportunities to have conversations. Uh, for those conversations, if you want those to, to really be fruitful, then, then not only do you, should you be prepared with, with an understanding of your faith, but, 
but with a good understanding of theirs too, that, that, that often they'll come and they'll use similar words. And, and those similar words have very, very different meanings. Um, so, so, if, so if you're desiring to, to witness to, to evangelize Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses, you, you really should have an understanding of, of, of their background. Um, it doesn't have to be super deep, but, but enough to be able to say, to, to figure out how to get on the same page when it comes to the words that you're using. And, and one of the things, you know, I've had, I've had Joe's Witness come back repeatedly to my house because, because I'm kind. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind and concerned, and I, and I enjoy the conversation. And, and I tell them, you know, my, my prayer for you guys is that, that nobody's rude to you on your way, but you're, you're totally unsuccessful in your evangelism. And, uh, and nobody's ever hurt. They're never hurt. They're like, oh, I can't believe you'd say that. They, they look at me like, yeah, we understand. Yeah, we totally understand that, uh, that, it, that you don't want to devalue them, but, but be, prepared, be prepared with an understanding of your faith so that you can share it. And, and, uh, and you can probably have some decent conversations. Decent conversations. Our next question, how do you effectively share the gospel and God's love to a hardened heart? So, so I can't speak from the from this perspective. I can speak from the hardened heart. So I, I shared a few weeks ago about um, uh, in the past, a few years ago, my wife and I separated for a couple months, and I was the one with the hardened heart. And um, it, it was about uh, two months went by, and my, my friend, he, had, he texted me and said, hey, want to go to the gym? Gym was my coping mechanism. And I said, sure. So I drove across town to Hilliard, walk into his apartment, and lo and behold, he and four of my friends were in there, and they just said, oh, actually, we're not going to the gym. We're going to have a Bible study. Come on in. And I was not super thrilled about that at the time. And uh, so, but I walked in, and I agreed, because, why? Because they were my friends. And, um, and at the end of it, they prayed. They all prayed in a circle. It came to me, and they said, it's your turn. And I realized in that moment that I had not sought God through this process. And I just, I decided to pray. I prayed through some heavy tears. And, and after that, you know, that's where, that's where God delivered on his promise to Danielle. And, um, and re- quite honestly, it's, I, if there were random people that just did that to me, I would have immediately turned around and walked right back out that door. But there, there were people that I had connected with, people that I had relationship with, and I trusted um, and because of that, I knew that, I knew that they, they were doing it out of love. So. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to know that in those situations, you know, that his, his friends didn't have the power to, to soften his heart. His friends had the power to bring him to a conversation, bring him to a Bible study, and then allow God to come into the room and, and soften his heart. So I think it's super important to know the why. If you're dealing with someone who has a hardened heart, why is their heart hardened in the first place? Um, knowing what they've been through, the situations they've been through, the, the pains and the hurts can be really powerful to, to be able to, to talk to them on those things and have a conversation with them. Again, it's not our place. We don't have the power to soften someone's heart. God does. But we can start that conversation and get them on that path. Right. God has the power. So let's ask him to, right? Pray hard for that person. And you don't really know how close somebody is to that flip. Um, but pray hard. And, and I try to remember that 
that person, no matter how hard-hearted they are, their knee is going to bow, their tongue is going to confess someday that Jesus is Lord. And I want, no matter how big of a jerk or anything they are to me, as I try to talk to them, I try to remember that and, and ask the Holy Spirit to do um, what he needs to do so that it's when the time is right that they're kneeling and not too late. And, and this conversation is not just necessarily pointed at the person who is unsaved, hardcore non-believer, hard in heart. That uh, as, as believers, you know, we go through periods that, that, that we start to get a little hard, that we start to, to retract from community or pull away or, or, or have struggles. And, and my encouragement to you is that, that sharing your faith to someone with a hard heart, sharing your faith just in general is not, is not meant just for the non-believers that... Uh, that, that we all need it, that sharing your faith with another believer is, is encouraging, it's inspiring, it's, it's the opportunity to lift somebody else up, and, and that can be the same for you as well, that when you share your faith, it is, it's awesome when you, when you get to see somebody lifted up and encouraged, that there, there are people in this congregation, everybody, that needs to hear your, about your faith, they want to hear your experiences, they want to they say, oh, I can see God working there and celebrate there as well. Um, Consider, consider that around the room, not just for the, for the extremes, but, but for us as well. Don't, don't hold back sharing your faith um, just because they're a believer. So, real quick, so just going back to the heart and heart, just, just remember, it, it's better to connect with them before you correct them. That's so good. That's so good. That's bumper sticker material right there. <laughs> All right, so the next question here. What is the most nonchalant way to invite somebody to church? Hey, you want to go to church? <laughs> Y'all want to come to church with me? Yeah, there's, there's, it's kind of like there's no wrong way to eat Reese's. I mean, to a point there is, but you invite them to church. You invite them to the relationships. You invite them to the, the life that God's got for them. And, and it doesn't even have to be that big, but you're surrounded with hundreds of people on your day-to-day walk, like, Invite them to church. If you've got someone at work that you want to talk to about it, you don't have to be nonchalant or, or tricky. There's no tricks. There's no... Yeah, is it good to trick somebody into coming to church? Totally. Yeah, because totally, if, yeah. if you want really good awkwardness in your relationships, totally bait them and switch them. Like, y'all want to come for coffee? I'm taking you to church. It's never going to work. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, you, you just you talk to them like humans and invite them and say, hey, look, a lot of, like she said, or, or someone said, I'm sorry, they're going to see something in you. They're going to see a light in you. It, you know, work on that. Say, hey, well, this light in me is—it's God. You want—you want to talk about it? Let's go to church. And just hang out. So, what's so? So, does anybody have a, a worst-case scenario of what can happen if you invite somebody to church? I had a strongly implied no <laughs> before. <laughs> I decided I was going to invite an, an older man from work to church, and and I had we had had tea time together with a group, you know, every day forever. And I knew that he had raised his kids in church. Why did you raise your kids in church? Well, they need, it. They need church. They need to know right from wrong. Well, why don't you go to church? Well, I already know right from wrong. Said, okay. So it was a, an old church, and they had a, a drive for Easter, as we do. And um, we, they gave us little Easter eggs with a little invitation and service times and a couple little chocolate egg candies in there. I was like, I'm going to invite Mike to church. And I go into his office, and I put that egg on his desk, and I invite him to church. And he opens it up and folds the invitation, and he looks at it, and then he looks at me while he eats those chocolate eggs nice and slow, and then he stuffed that little invitation right back in the egg and gave it back to me. <laughs> he didn't come to church, and we kept having tea, and everything was fine. 
Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's going to be probably very rare that if you invite somebody that you're in relationship with to, to come to church, they're, they're going to flip out on you, right? Um, and, and, and you don't even have to invite them to church. You can invite them to a grow group, invite them to kickball, invite them to one of the events that we participate in, that there are, there are other opportunities to invite people into relationship with the simple church community that, that is, is really quite an easy ask. And, and, and we've even, so we've even got these. So if you don't even know how to say it, but you can't say the words, please come to church with me. We've got these little emoji uh, invite cards that we've got in the back that you can grab as many as you want, and you can hand them out. I love my church. Come on. You know, there, there, are, there are simple tools, but, but really the, the most nonchalant way is just to, just to ask, hey, you want to come with me? You know, it's, uh, it's not, it's not as, as complicated as, as what some people think. Next question is, what do you do about sharing your faith in places that may not be politically correct? So like workplace or school in, in, in like organized locations. I have a workplace where I go, and it's not a Christian organization. And um, I guess I'd give a few just kind of general tips first, practical tips, like uh, know the rules. I think lots of times we think we're under gag orders in places, and really we're not. We really can say the word Jesus and not get hauled off to HR with our laptops. Um, And if you do, they're wrong. Um, but anyway, know the rules. Don't, don't assume you're under a gag order. I would say also, if you're inviting somebody to church and they tell you to please stop inviting me to church, no means no. Go ahead and respect that. Um, I suggest you don't steal time. Um, when you are at work, you are being paid to do your job. You should not be spending a whole bunch of time wandering cubicle row, having prolonged conversations about Jesus when you're supposed to be doing your work. And in that note, um, do your job like you're doing it for God, because guess what? The Bible says you are. So go to work. Work hard. Be, um, do the best you can. Have an attitude of gratitude. Don't show up late every day. Leave early and fudge your timesheet, and then think people are going to want to hear about Jesus from you. Um, that's not how it works. So remember that your example, who you are at work, don't underestimate the power of that platform for people to then come to you and, and you have an opportunity to share Jesus with words. So I have a little story about an opportunity that was given to me one time about that. And uh, I had a, a real powerful guy at work ask me to come into his office. And he said, Amy, I, you know, I don't understand. Can you tell me how come, as we're dealing with all of this stuff, you're able to stay positive and encouraged? It's like, oh. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Because <laughs> when somebody asks you something like that, guess what? You can answer them for real. And I did. I said, well, I'm a woman of faith, and my hope and my trust is found in God. And, and I shared how I use Philippians 4, 8, and 9 in times to keep my perspective and check my focus. And it's the, you know, whatever is good, whatever is right, whatever is trustworthy and excellent. You know, think on these things and, and, and then do what I told you to do, you know, those verses. And, um, and I, so I, we all have our Bibles right here. So I didn't even have to remember them. I could just read them and read it to him. And, and he looked at me across his desk and he goes, that just really has a ring to it. Like it sounds like it's true. And I said, 
I believe it is true. <laughs> He's not a believer. Um, he may be now. I don't know for sure. But, um, but so we went about our days and then uh, our day. And, and then I went to the printer later to pick up a print job that I had. And there was Philippians 4, 8, and 9 printed on this pretty, pretty decorated slide uh, that he had done. So, um, but other than that, I would just say, you know, share at work just like you share anywhere else. Start with prayer. On my way to work, I pray for the individuals, and I pray for me. I say, God, you know, don't let me get all stressed out in the details and miss opportunities that you're giving me. And if I miss it, give me a do-over. I need a do-over. And, uh, and then just start building relationship for real, like these guys are saying, like care about people around you like they can feel it. Listen to them. On Monday after their kid had a tennis tournament, ask them on the score, you know. Um, um, offer to pray for them when they have valleys that they're walking through. I've had non-believers let me pray for them before and had great outcomes from that. It doesn't hurt to gently ask um, if they know your care. Um, so build those relationships. Be watchful for those opportunities. And then just, just talk about the reality of Jesus in your life. What did you do last weekend? Oh, you know, hey, I just got back from Honduras. So how was that? We need to have lunch to talk about that. Um, my, wow, in my grow group, we were doing this or that or you know what, man, I'm in a period of suck, and, and I'm just, I'm praying, and I'm leaning on God to get me through it. You know, be that little testimony, and it gives you opportunities later. Pretty cool. My wife's hot. <laughs> this is my wife. <laughs> just clarify. So uh, one, of the, one of the things I just want to piggyback on here is, so when it comes to sharing our faith, uh, Often, often we, we might think that, so what it is, is I've got to get that person to come to Jesus. That, that that's, what, that's what the end result of me sharing my faith. If I don't get them to come to Jesus, then this has been a complete and utter failure. Or I'm, a, I'm afraid of not being able to walk them there. Uh, when, in, when in reality, you just might be a seed planter. That you sharing your faith is planting a seed, or you sharing your faith is doing some watering. That, that, uh, that the harvest might be for somebody else. Um, that, that, you, that you all play a role in that, and, and that role. You might not even fully understand what, what that role is, that, uh, that on the back end, when we get to heaven, we get to see what that role is. Uh, but, but, don't, but don't be afraid that, 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 that you're sharing your faith here is just a little too small, or it's not going to have any impact. It's not going to have any influence. Um, you, might be just, you might just be watering. But, but you are in obedience, that this is what he's called us to do, that, that you get to share your faith, that you get to, to witness or share your testimony or stories, that, that these, are, these are all things that he's called us to, and you get to be obedient in that process, not fully knowing how it's going to play out, but in prayer, hoping and praying that it's going to play out some, in, in some significant way. Um, I had, I had a, a, before I was saved, I was a hardcore atheist, and I was working in a kitchen, and my baker, Tom Farrell, love Tom Farrell, he's not watching, Love Tom Farrell. Uh, Tom Farrell was one of the first Christians that I came in contact with that uh, was not a jerk, was, was not a, a Bible thumper whacking me upside the head with, with scripture and stuff. And it was, I was also at a place in my life where I was not the, the rabid atheist either. I wasn't a jerk. And, and, and Tom, most of the time, Tom, Tom took time to invest in me and, and we had conversations. We had, we had conversations about faith. And, and Tom never got to the place where you need to accept Jesus. Will you accept Jesus right now? Tom just invested in me and would answer my questions. And if he didn't know the answer to my questions, he'd come back with the answers a couple days later. And I know that Tom was praying for me. And when I came to Christ, it wasn't, 
it wasn't with Tom, but, but definitely Tom had a, had a role to play there. That he was watering significantly, and, and he was kind, and he was gentle. And, and you, have, you have those people in your life. You have, you have those people in your life. You are that person. You are the Tom Farrell in somebody's life. Take advantage of the opportunities that, that, that come your way to plant a seed, to water the seed, and, and look forward to hearing the cool stories afterwards. And be prepared to harvest, too. I mean, if you have never thought about how to concisely lay out the gospel to ask for a yes, think about that. And I love this question because somebody wants to share their faith in these places. What a great question. I would love to have coffee with you if you would like to, if I, if I didn't adequately answer your question. And, and we can talk about where you're at and, get, and talk about ideas. Yeah, I think it's important to also hear as they're talking, and, and even as he said, you know, I, I originally had asked him to, to come to church because, you know, he just, he came in and visited me a lot at my shop. I did printing for him, and I, I wasn't some great evangelist and with the goal of converting every person who walked through the door of my business, and, but it was just, he, he would ask me, like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? We'd get talking, like, I've got a church function going on. You come back in a couple weeks later, what are you doing? I'm going to a grow group, and it just became this constant conversation, and he started getting interested, and we have a little bit more conversations, and again, don't, I'm not saying any of this to pump me up because at the time, like, I wanted nothing to do with, with sharing my faith. I was very introverted. I still am kind of introverted. This terrifies me. And I wanted to just, I like to talk to people, but I, that wasn't my goal. And, and I think it's really incredible to think back and see because at the time when I thought I was too weak or too quiet or too introverted to, to share the gospel, I love that God used me in that situation because it, it showed me that, that it was done because he's powerful, not because I was this pastor and this great evangelist. It, it was great to know that God is God and he used this weak-willed little dude to, to share this, the faith with somebody. And that's always spoke volumes to me. So. Very cool. Thank you, Derek. Our next question is, how do you share your faith in a way that is not offensive or preachy? Is it better to live out your faith and wait to actually share it until the other person brings it up? So um, the answer is yes, live out your faith and, and, and not in a, don't put on a facade, but truly live out your faith. So I had a, I had a moment, I recently bought a house uh, a few months ago and I had the carpets cleaned. The two guys came over to clean the carpets. So if anyone, anyone, for those of you that have been to my house, you have seen the eight foot by four foot tall uh, picture of, of Jesus Christ hanging up above my, my fireplace uh, that my wife put up. I hope she... Oh, she's not here. Okay, my wife didn't put it up. But, but uh, uh, she loves when I say that. Um, but, but these guys come in, and they, they immediately... I see their eyes lock, look up, and they, they're locking eyes with, with, uh, with big Jesus. And, um, and so... But I don't, I don't say anything, right? I, I just... We just start striking up a conversation. We just talk. And, um, and I'm just hearing them out. I'm breathing life into them. Mind you, they have not started on my carpet yet, but I was okay with it because they were in, we were engaged in conversation. Um, and at the end of it, you know, the one guy, he says, or he asks me, are you a pastor? And I said, yeah, actually I am. And so then, then we started talking about, I started talking about my faith. They started asking me about my faith. So as soon as they asked that question, they opened that door because they wanted to know more. And, um, you know, at the end of it, when they were done, we exchanged phone numbers, met for coffee. One guy just had a brand new baby, and he was like, he was in tears because he wanted, he wanted to know God more so that he can be a strong influence on his 
brand new baby, and um, because he he was a he was a believer and he had walked away from the faith. So, yeah, live it out, live it out. You never know when these moments will come. So, is the real moral of the story that everybody should have an eight by four foot picture of Jesus in their living room? Yeah, and so if anybody wants one, my wife would gladly <laughs> <laughs> relinquish this portrait. So we're going to talk more about this question, but I just want to jump on that. So, so the fish bumper sticker is not sharing your faith. Right. That, uh, that uh, you know, more often than not, you see the fish bumper sticker at somebody that's speeding past you or cutting you off. That, that, uh, so living out, living out your faith is, is the key here, that the, the T-shirts or the stickers or, or the, the, the Jesus memorabilia is, is, is not necessarily sharing your faith. How, how you live, to a certain extent, is... That, if, that you're not going to have the oppor- opportunities for these conversations if you are living blatantly in disregard of Scripture because non-believers aren't totally ignorant of Scripture, right? That uh, they, they have a, a general idea of the do's and the don'ts. And if, and if your pattern is just the don'ts, um, when the opportunity comes up to, to actually share, they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you because they're not going to believe you. Because what they see is somebody that doesn't believe the message either. Um, it is better to live out your faith. Flat out. It is better to live out your faith. And then you'll have the opportunities. I would just jump in real quick. Something Jason said was that the guy had just had a baby. There are certain times in people's lives when they are more open to hear about Jesus. And that's one of them. Death in their lives is another one. Um, getting married, that's another time. Uh, but going through valleys in their lives, they are less apt to feel like you're being preachy or offensive and feel more like you're giving them medicine when you share Jesus with them in those times. And, and that goes for believers again, too, that uh, the believers in the valleys, they, they, need, they need you to share your faith with them, that those are the, the, the times of, of doubt or struggle, uh, even more so that we need others to come around us and lift us up and, and encourage us. Is there anybody else I wanted to share on that, on, on that question? So, that, so we'll just jump into the next question then. Can you share your faith too much? Yes. If, if you're burning relationships and the people that you love the most in the world are run away, running away from you, slow your roll. Because if all they hear is how much they should love Jesus and not how much Jesus has been great, they just are not going to care. And if, and if they don't know how much you care about them, but they know how much you care about Jesus, it's not going to mean anything to them. They've got to know how much you love them and how much you care for their future so that then they can see what God wants for them as well. Yeah. So, so the, the, the key here is, you know, love God, love others, that we, that we actually got to love them. We have to invest in relationships with them. That, that uh, I don't want the Jehovah Witness guy to come to my door every, every day. That I'm, I'm, at some point I'm just going to say, no, I'm, I'm done. And, and we don't want you to be those people either. That uh, if, if you're coming at, coming at people with your Bible in hand and whacking them upside the head saying, believe, 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 it's probably not going to happen. In, invest in the relationships. Tom Farrell invested in me. Other people invested in me. And they gave me opportunities to, to ask the questions and see how they lived and respond to it. And, and I know all these people have those stories of those people. Be those people. Please be those people. Our last question here is, when sharing my faith, should it be a highlight reel or should it be struggles? Um, I think it should be struggles. It needs to be real. 
I think people are inspired by your strength, but they're going to connect with you through your weaknesses. And vulnerability is something that you can't fake. And people are going to see your vulnerability and they're going to connect with that more than any highlight reel, better than any marvelous event that's ever happened in your life. And when people can see Jesus through the pains and struggles that you've had in your life, you've hooked them. And I don't mean that to sound in a bad way, but your story is powerful. Uh, and if someone is struggling through the same weaknesses or same you know, struggles, as it says here, they're going to connect with you so much more so. Uh, it, people can be very disenfranchised if you come to someone and say, Jesus is great, my life is great, I've never had issues, and everything moving forward is going to be sunshine and rainbows. And then if they come to the body of Christ and then their life isn't sunshine and rainbows, they can be disenfranchised. So share with them the struggles that you've gone through, and you will be surprised at how much they will connect with you and just want to hear more from you. So if we, if we go back, if, if you have not watched uh, the peace and forgiveness conversation that we had up here, uh, you know, I, there are some testimonies in this congregation of, of people who, you, know, you start hearing their story of, of loss or a dream that was not met, and you, you expect to get to the back end of the story, and it's like they, they found it, that they had the answer, that, that they have the child now, their, their relationship's restored, they have all the money in the world, and, and really what it comes down to on, on some of these stories, they get to the back end, it's like, oh, you didn't get what you wanted. And yet, the story ends in, in peace, that these stories, these testimonies are, are a path of, so this is what I really wanted. This is what I've been begging God for. And, and instead of getting to the back end and be, have them be able to say, oh, I got it. Here it is. I totally got it. What, what, they, what they landed on was, was peace in God. The situation still sucks. still hurts. They still want this. Yet, uh, what they, have is, what they have found is peace. And, and when we look at Scripture, Jesus promises us suffering and struggles. That, you know, it's, it's, it is not uh, an easy walk that he's called us to. And, and it's, it's not even fair to present that, that you come to know Jesus and everything's going to be awesome. That, that it's, uh, things will be awesome, just probably not in the way that you intended. And, and things need to transform in you to, to, to have that happen. The, it's a highlight reel and a struggle list. They're both, they're both, they are both valuable. They are both valuable. Um, but you have to know those. You know, that, that, that often we just forget this stuff, that, that we can have prayers that we lifted up over the, over the number of years, and after we lift them up, we forget about it. We just walk away from it. We don't pay attention to the answer, whether the answer was what we wanted or what we, what we didn't want. We don't pay attention to what God has done. And, and then when those opportunities come up to, to share your stories, you don't have them. Not because you don't have them, but because you haven't remembered them. When I was, I was asked to give my testimony uh, to a small group back uh, at another church, and I had never given my testimony before. I'd never shared my, my story of, of beginning my walk with Jesus. And I said, you got five minutes at the beginning of the group. You know, go ahead and, and give it to the beginning of the group. But you might want to write it out. You know, write it out so that you, you can have it all down. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll write it out. And I started writing it out, and I was looking at, like, the, the, the couple of years around when I was saved, and, and I realized, oh, well, you know, if I, if I actually look back, I can see where God was moving earlier, and so I had to go back a handful more years. And as I was, as I was writing out those stories, remembering those stories, it was like, oh, I actually have to go back a little bit further. That even though I wasn't a believer, I can go back further and see where God had moved or had placed people in my life or had protected me. And, and it got to the point where my testimony, I've, I'm familiar with my testimony back to when I was 
in second grade when my, my parents got divorced, when my mom walked out of the house. And I got to tell my group leaders that I can't do it in five minutes. I can't share my testimony in five minutes. I need, I need the whole group, and even then I'm going to probably struggle getting it all in. And, and having written it all out, I have these pieces now. I have these elements of my story that, that I just hadn't thought of. And, and I'm going to flat out assume that there's a lot of your story you have not thought of. But if you take the time to think about the struggles, to think about the highlights, to go back in your life and see how God has moved in your life, you will have so many stories. And you'll be prepared. Then when you come across somebody that's going through the same thing you did 15 years prior, you'll be prepared. When you think about what people had done to see you come to Christ, you can be prepared. You want to be prepared. Grab those opportunities and, and see what God will do, not just in their lives, but in yours. It's freakishly encouraging when you share your faith and you see something change in somebody else. Take advantage of those opportunities and be prepared. And, and at the end of service, I get the opportunity right here. So, so we, we, we finish off our, our service with an invitation that you've had the opportunity to hear stories of people sharing their faith and having their, and, and, and people's lives being impacted. And, and we're going to give that opportunity right here, right now. If you want to bow your head and close your eyes, I'm going to walk you through a prayer. And the prayer is not, not mystical, magical. It's an opportunity to, to confess and believe. It's an opportunity for you to, to put a stake in the ground and say, today, today is the day that my story starts anew today. So you don't forget your story from the past, but you look forward to the story that he's got coming up for you. And that your walk can change today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this prayer and I'm going to encourage you to follow through. If, if this morning is the first morning that, that you've confessed and believed, that, that would encourage you to raise your hand and let me know that, that we're praying with you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to pray this prayer. Pray along with me and, and know that, that this can be the first step of a new life. One that will be challenging one that will probably still include suffering and trials, but one that will ultimately lead to peace and an understanding of God that, that, is, uh, that is just a beautiful thing. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the stories of faith. Today, I start mine. Today, I confess and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and that my life is transformed in his. Please guide me this walk and teach me to be more like Jesus. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this is a celebration for that this morning. Take advantage of the opportunities that God presents you to share your faith and see your life and other lives transformed. We are getting ready to take our offering. 
We've got three ways. We've got the black box in back. You can text it uh, to the number up there or give through the app. Um, if you're a first-time guest, know that you're under no obligation to, to give, but that, that uh, we do. God's allowing us to do cool things with, with the funds that come through here. A couple quick announcements. We are doing baptisms. So if today is the first day of, of your walk with Jesus, we're doing baptisms. We've got at least one baptism this service. If you're looking to be baptized today and you have not let anybody know, you're going to come find Jason. He's got a t-shirt, shorts, and, and a towel for you, so we've got you prepped. If you're interested in being baptized another time, go ahead and fill that on the Connect card, and he will get in touch with you at uh, afterwards. Um, early bird, if you've got kids, if you've got teens that are going to the REACH conference, the early bird uh, cutoff is today, so that'll be the last time that you can get in for 60 bucks. We had a Honduras meeting uh, in between services. If you are interested in getting more information on Honduras, Write down on the Connect card, Honduras, and, and Amy will get your contact information and, and she will reach out to you and drop that off uh, in, the, in the back at the Connect Center. I think that's all I got. Did I miss anything? Rock on. I'm going to pray us out and have a great week. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this, the, the, the group of believers that, that call Simple Church home, Father. I, uh, I, I pray that you just continue to prepare us and show us the opportunities to, to share our stories of you and see other lives transformed. Father, I lift up this offering to you. I thank you for the, the, the opportunities to serve missions and missionaries around the world. And I pray that you just continue to give us the focus to do exactly as you would will. Uh, I lift up this body to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great week, Simple Church. Woo!